Some cults are good, most cults are bad, but I'll tell you what really makes me sad. I can't decide which cult to join. If only there were a podcast out there to rank all the cults using some sort of bracket system like they do for basketball playoffs for college teams. It's madness, madness. It's uh, uh, winter, too, that we've been frozen in the ice up here at the mm-hmm. North Pole. That's fine. We're being chased by some creature that looks like a polar bear, but isn't. It has the face of a man. It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll just it's be good. Fine. It's good. It's good. It is. Dennis Happy Weaver. MLK weekend. Yes. I hope everybody gets a three-day weekend to celebrate uh, some civil rights action. Mm-hmm. 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 You should take this weekend to watch a movie that celebrates African-American history. Norbit. Uh, Norbit. Yes. <laughs> The clumps. <laughs> rather watch the clumps than Norbit. I was thinking The Five Bloods, which is an amazing movie. <laughs> you have to watch All of Eyes on the Prize. You have to watch All of Eyes on the Prize. Hey, look. One night I was like a little in my cups and I was like laying in bed. I was like, who do I go to watch tonight? I go watch Eyes on the, the Prize. prize. <laughs> so I watched the first one and I was like, hey. I'm so tired. Well, what was interesting about watching Eyes on the Prize is seeing it. And um, for those of you who don't know, Eyes on the Prize was like a Five or six part seven. PBS PBS civil rights documentary that mm-hmm. was made in the mid to late eighties. Yes, when a lot of the people who hadn't been assassinated, mm-hmm. you know, were still alive. Right to talk about the civil to, rights. Right, movement. I was there. Here's me. Mm-hmm. And um, and and looking at it, watching it now, you see a lot of footage that we've all seen. seen. Uh-huh. But then realizing that this was like the first time anybody was like, yes. let's look back at this. At what happened? Yeah, it's like the the, the kids and the kids 25 being, years later, you know. They're being shot with the fire hose. And uh-huh. it's like, now that's common, but it's like, that was the first time that people had seen that. Like, like oh my God. Yeah, and then to see the documentary and to see the people like, that's me with the fire that hose. That was me with the fire so, hose. So yeah, I really only made it like one episode into Eyes in the Prize, but it's still, still so good. I just remember Coach Garrett showing us to mm-hmm. it. And, and then he'd be like, oh yeah, I was there and here's what happened to me at that day. He did. He did. He He was awesome. There was something else I was thinking about. Eyes on the prize. Documentaries. Oh, yes. It was when we were in the grocery store last week and it was the Life Magazine 100 historical photos that you've never seen. And Aaron and I were like, challenge (laughs) accepted. Every one of these. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Even yes. like the weird ones, I was like, this is an anti-labor strike I outside the this. River Rouge. I remember <laughs> this. Yes, it's like, yes, yeah. What, everybody's seen the, the Vietnam monk on fire. Come on. I mean, God, you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Can't help it that we're such history buffs, but. I know. It's just true. It's um, just true. They yeah. just don't make magazines for people as cool as me anymore. They, they don't. don't. Well, <laughs> It's just nice. true. <laughs> Up their game. Life magazine. <laughs> like, we don't even make a magazine anymore. We, yeah, we just My make... favorite are the ones that were Jimmy like... Jimmy Buffett special issue. I know. Or they're like, Princess Diana, her life. I was like, what can you possibly tell, tell me? <laughs> That's right. That oh, I do not nothing. already know. I'll put this right next to the special Kennedy assassination issue. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Marilyn Monroe? Her secret life. I was like, no. That Beatles. <laughs> uh, basically, none of it is a secret anymore. That's right. I was, at least in the uh, special Jimmy Buffett. I was like, I bet there's stuff I don't know about Jimmy Buffett. So if I read that one, I would at least learn something. <laughs> Granted, I would be learning things about Jimmy Buffett, but... <laughs> Look, learning is learning. Learning is learning, exactly. All knowledge is good for you. 
We have a special guest, we have a special guest in the studio, studio now who's not currently paying attention it's and okay. instead browsing it's a- on his phone. That's all right. That's it's all right. It's all right. We're not hurt. Is Look. It? He came all the way down here from uh, Jay-Z Night in Ramtha Country. <laughs> Pacific Northwest super fan. And uh, he's here in studio. He might laugh at something later if we're lucky. Please welcome. That's right. Dan! 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 Yes. Uh, he's waving. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. Horrified. That's, get. That's it. So, yeah, we've got good cultness going on. I was trying to think of, I feel like I saw something on TV or saw something in the news that was like cult news, but. Oh, here's something. Okay. I told you about this last week, but I'll tell it again. Um, I watched a made-for-TV movie bookended by the real Catherine Oxenberg Uh talking about rescuing her daughter India from the Nexium cult. And Mm -hmm. so it was a made-for-TV movie about Nexium with former Mr. Jenny Garth, um, Peter Facinelli playing Vanguard. Oh. (laughs) He was the only cast member who was actually more attractive than the person he was playing. (laughs) I was going to say, Vanguard is not. No. It was more attractive than the person he was playing because the other thing is if you mine all of your cult members from the what, Albany, Toronto, yoga and acting community. Yes. They, all, they have like really nice teeth uh-huh. and they're all fit and they're all like CW good looking. Mm-hmm. But the one starring is Allison Mack in this made for TV movie. You're like, honey, did you just get off work at the mall? <laughs> And then, like, the lady cat playing Catherine Oxenberg. Oh, man. Um, Catherine sh- Oxenberg elbows are out of the way. I, I know. I'm just like, Jesus, Jeez, Catherine, man. how many networks did you run to? <laughs> but the lady playing Catherine Oxenberg, just, she was a nice looking lady. Not prettier than Catherine no, Oxenberg. No, no, hell no. I know. <laughs> they went through three. <laughs> Catherine just came on set and be like, no. no. Um, Catherine's Oxenberg. Catherine's Oxenberg. <laughs> and the other thing is... Um, there was the the people playing like Nick and Bonnie, uh huh, and the guy playing. Um, what about Nippy? <laughs> Nippy? No, not not Nick and Bonnie. Mark, Mark, Mark Vicente. Yes, Nippy is is <laughs> in the background. Um, the play got people playing Mark and Bonnie were like, I was like, okay, you're you're kind of like a more solid rectangular looking, uh huh, Mark with a beard. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the lady playing Bonnie, and I was like, what's what? And then I looked at her and I was like, ma'am, you're very attractive, but I think Bonnie was only supposed to be like 32. Oh, yeah. And I looked up the actress. This movie came out in 2019. Okay. And I looked up the actress playing Bonnie mm-hmm. and she was born in 1974. Oh, so she's older than you. She's older oh. than me. Whoa. So she was like 45 two years ago. <laughs> Spike cast. Playing- <laughs> I fucking hate Bonnie. <laughs> this- 32 year old lovely lady with beautiful skin and she wasn't even Australian I mean uh, she was just like this is Bonnie I was like no. is she from Santa Cruz I mean, it was it, Bonnie from Santa Cruz Bonnie from Santa Cruz and so it was um it was quite a trip that does, oh the other thing I would thought it's not it's only semi-cultish is uh uh, uh, Elizabeth, I'm not a fraud. She finally she was sentenced to nine months. This <laughs> just nine months. I know. 
Oh, she has a different. She has another sentencing coming up. Yeah, she got nine months for one thing. I'm surprised she was found guilty at all. I am too. Part of me is like, girl, what are you doing? And part of me is like, if this, if a man did this, it's not be a problem. It, right, exactly. It's like, well, of course she got. Well, it's like she's Lane Maxwell, who is a scumbag, but is also. It's like, what about all of the men that raped these girls? No, they're not going to well, go to prison. Okay, I don't know. Prince Andrew is. Yeah, Prince Andrew is, but like, he's going to cry all the way to his fucking duchy or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> ask the duchy. <laughs> he's going to cry right past it <laughs> on the left hand on side. The left hand. <laughs> I did of the road in the made for because TV fucking movie, England. excuse me, made for Netflix movie, which is definitely different than a made for TV movie now. Uh-huh. In telling the story of um, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, uh-huh. um, Naveen Andrews, Ooh. Saeed from Lost, is playing yeah? Sunny Balwani. Oh my yeah. god! At which point I was like, I'm tuning in. All right, I will I know, watch Saeed from Did he have to like? Things? Gain like fifty pounds and walk know. on his knees. <laughs> is it like, basically Sonny dwarf Balwani's is Sunny Balwani? Like kind of short, but this one's just so luxurious. Right, like, they're not going to make him. Cut it's his like hair. his hair from the English patient. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful hair. At English some patient. point, <laughs> Sunny demonstrates his ability to like lie down and stand up and lie down and stand up like <laughs> like dwarf. Uh, yeah, it just smells like scent, like gorgeous oil. I know, like Nag Champa. Stuff. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But well, I have some. So oh, do you have something for us, eh? No, it's not sexy. Oh well, for what I, our cult discussions, it's probably for the best. <laughs> it's not sexy. Yeah, nice Yeah, sexium, nexium. It's just like bad news. Oh, mine's gonna get. Well, we're gonna get some marital advice in mine. Oh, you know I love it. <laughs> I just get ready. I'm gonna solve all y'all's problems, Man, but that's till the second half. And not the second quarter. Not the second quarter. Okay. All right. Go so, for it. Let's go. Earn. I'm ready. Okay. Amanda. Yes. Do you like extreme couponing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love watching it on TV, man. I needed 75 mustards in order to save a dollar. No fucking shit. <laughs> uh, do you like communal living? I do like communal living. It's a good theory. Well. Okay. <laughs> do you like unlicensed, unregulated mental health care? Absolutely. Oh, let's fucking go. Oh, oh. Today we're talking about Ganas, an intentional community in Staten Island. Oh, like Ganas is like the, the really it's like smooth chocolate that's shiny. Ganache. The shiny oh, okay, kind. sorry. The shiny kind. Yeah. Ganas and G-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. G-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. Staten Island is known for having a mirror like frosting <laughs> over the glaze. entire place. It's the cream and butter in the chocolate. The glaze right there. People go the out and glaze. skate around in it when the weather warms up. G A N A N A S. The shit is Ganasa. G A N A N A S. Ganasa. Ganasa. Okay, so. Uh huh. Uh, an intentional community in Staten Island founded in 7980 by a woman named Mildred Gordon and some <laughs> other dudes. You said 1979, 80, not 79 AD. <laughs> it said we don't know seven, that. Okay. We don't know that. Okay. So yes, we do. This is n- definitely not an they, ancient. Okay. There's no great white brotherhood involved here. 2,100 years ago in Staten Island. <laughs> a woman named Mildred Gordon. <laughs> That's right. Now, we're going to find out more about Mildred Gordon. So, New York City, the 1960s, Mildred, a double divorcee in her 40s, was having a hard time, so she found herself a therapist named Edwin Smith. And I use the term therapist very loosely, 
<laughs> because Edwin was definitely not a licensed psychologist, therapist, or counselor in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. Not even a life coach. Um, I recently read an article about life coaching, and they're like, they're not therapists. No. <laughs> they, they might be nice and help you, but that's not a therapist. therapist. Edwin Smith did, however, have a bunch of bogus degrees from various diploma mills. Excellent. Back in those days, mental... University of Phoenix. <laughs> back in those days, mental health was a personal failing, especially if you were a woman. Absolutely. And there was little to no oversight as to who could call themselves a therapist, much less any regulation. Yep, 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 yep Anyway. Yep. You need a doctor to give you the Valium, but if you just want a talking cure, then any quack will do. As it turns out... Ed Smith was actually a musician who loved coming up with get-rich-quick schemes. <laughs> when he discovered he could fool people with his phony credentials and charge huge hourly fees, he quickly went into business for himself. That's right. He quickly began doing just that. For Ed, the mental health business gave him access to confused and needy women who were vulnerable to his sexual advances. Oh, yeah. Mildred Gordon was very angry when she found out that Ed had no license or training and had duped her into sleeping with him. <laughs> She, Fuck him up, Mildred. She she threatened him with legal action, but Ed talked her into marrying him instead. Oh, no. Threaten him with garden shears. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Mental. But Ed also showed her how to get her own phony degrees and credentials, and ah, soon they were in business together, together and were running in counter groups um, from the upper their Upper West Side apartment. Do they know the Sullivan Group? Oh, bitch. Sullivan wait, wait a minute. Oh, yes, yes. There's no actual mention of the Sullivan Group. Like, I mentioned the Sullivan Group. Okay, yeah. Obviously. Let's go. Okay. Their practice turned into a pyramid scheme by which clients <laughs> and other associates were shown how to obtain their own phony credentials. Oh, my God. And collect large fees for their is, own. Is this like a diploma mill, diploma mill? Unlicensed practices. <laughs> yes. A awesome. diploma mill, mill? <laughs> Soon there was a large network of bogus therapists, counselors, and trainers, quote unquote, running various businesses and offering any number of unorthodox therapies and treatments, almost always ex including sexual relationships between therapists and Absolutely. clients. Absolutely. Always. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Mildred <laughs> Gordon, make love tonight. who is now Mid Mildred Smith, there's no lovemaking tonight. She, Mildred really did not like to see people paying tuition to diploma mills when she could be collecting that money herself. Correct and so the say. Smiths decided to maximize their profits and, and their, their potential, potential by starting their own diploma mill. See? Uh, and this is innovation. how the, this is how the Grow School began. Grow. Grow stands for Group Relations Ongoing Workshop and it's Totally legit. That is totally legit. Ed oh, an acronym. Uh -huh. Ed and Mildred managed to obtain, and this is really fucked up. Ed and Mildred managed to obtain the very minimalist trade school accreditation bestowed by the New York State Department of Education okay. on program on such programs as secretarial, HVAC, hairdresser uh -huh. training. Yeah, like what's the LPN? Therapist. Uh huh. Nurses. Well, aid. listen. Well, since New York City was eager to get people off of welfare. Yeah. Yeah. And into trade jobs, these programs were eligible to receive funds from the federal federal Pell Grant and uh -huh. student loan program. Okay. So Ed and Mildred smelled free money for the government. Yep. Got right in. So the Smiths teamed up with notorious notorious Indiana con artist Gordon DaCosta, a confessed embezzler con controlling yet another 
network of non-accredited phony degree businesses. Dang. <laughs> We're going to underline him. He can be She can week. take up his whole own episode. Yes. DaCosta's education empire included Indiana Northern University, which was essentially an abandoned dairy farm <laughs> accredited by yet another DaCosta scam. Oh, man. The Accrediting Commission for Specialized Colleagues, which DaCosta had created himself to and accredit served his as chairman. <laughs> The Accrediting Commission for Specialized Colleges in turn provided accreditation to yet another phony university called Philothea College in London, Ontario. Okay. Started by Phyllis. And it was Philothea College where Ed, Mildred, and many of their associates received their doctorate degrees. And this brought the network of phonies to the attention of a man named Morton Schillinger, the director of the New York State Psychological Association. <laughs> All y'all's crazy this up in there. This is amazing. Morton Schillinger was trying to get licensing regulation passed by the state legislature mm-hmm. in New York, but he was opposed by Ed and Mildred's organized network of brainwashed sycophants who lobbied aggressively against <laughs> regulation. Ed and Mildred even tried to get their own bill passed that would create a behavioral scientist professional status. Yeah, I could go to Votech and become a behavioral scientist. So they were not only misrepresenting their own credentials, but they were now seeking official accreditation from like the establishment. Right, right. The state board that they're trying to bilk. So, okay. Well, you know, uh, fortune favors the bold. I guess so. (laughs) The Attorney General of New York. Fraudulent. Those who dare wins. The Attorney General began in, in, of New York began an investigation into Ed, Mildred, and Grow, and found that Ed had received his PhD after spending two months at a campus in Palm Beach. <laughs> and Mildred admitted to having no degrees at all because she didn't believe in them. <laughs> but gee, I'm a pretty hot doctor. She did. Mildred did believe in granting non-accredited doctorate degrees to Grow students so that they could compete with the establishment. That's I have got to give them a fake degree so, so that they, they can, can get out there and really compete. Get competitive. Get competitive. In a, I am here now and do not have, I have a credentials and no knowledge. Eh, I don't believe in degrees. <laughs> oh, okay. They're not real. They're not real. <laughs> They're in, real. <laughs> it's a societal construct. In a New York Times article from 1972, Grow officials said that they had 363 students attending summer sessions to learn how to conduct their own therapy clinics, classes, or workshops. Mm. The sessions... Every single one of these people became cult leaders. Bish. <laughs> the sessions cost between $1,800 and $5,000, yeah. $1,972. Jeez Louise. Which comes out to between $12,000 and $33,021. That's more expensive than a 12-day. Uh-huh. And once they're complete, the students get a certificate of competency, which is not unlike Brian's certificate, proving his master of basic facts. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. I got all kinds of certificates. I know, right? I did jump rope for heart. (laughs) I have one from Mr. Porter. Uh, So, yes, Eldred, Eldred, Eldred. Ed and Mildred. That's smush name, Eldred. Eldred's growth school was churning out fake diplomas, but what about the people who paid for those diplomas? Yeah, what about those people? Wow. One group of graduates had a practice located at 80 Santra Street in New York City. (laughs) And when the New York AG investigated, they found a whole 
mass of people pretending to be <laughs> psychotherapists, psychoanalysts, marriage counselors, <laughs> and group leaders. Mm-hmm. They described cult-like environments where sex is imposed on female clients. No homo. Oh, no, no homo. No homo. Never. Patients are forced to sever ties to the outside world and give up control over their finances. Parents sometimes pay therapists to release their children from therapy. And emotional abuse and sexual exploitation led to depression and suicide. Hey, this sounds like a cult. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Ganas yet. Oh, God, that's true. We haven't. We haven't even gotten to Ganas We're yet. We're still melting the butter. Right. <laughs> One woman known only as Miss M, age 29, spoke of her experiences back in 1972. At a hearing, like a grand jury hearing, Miss M said her therapist made her have sex with him as part of their $20 per session treatment. This regular degradation soon devolved into, quote, lots of sadism, she said. He would hit me, hit me on my breast, and bang my head on the floor. And when I complained, he said, I really have problems with healthy play. Oh, my God. Another woman testified that her late husband slipped into a very deep depression during therapy, attempted suicide, went back to therapy, Mm -hmm. and then was eventually successful. Ed and Mildred planned to expand their empire into over 100 clinics called Neighborhood Centers for Human Development, or CHD. These would, according to projections, take in $30 million annually in therapy fees, and most importantly, they would be staffed by GROW graduates, Ah. thereby generating another $4 million in tuition fees. Unfortunately, the New York AG's office declared this whole scam to be illegal as fuck and forced, <laughs> a scam. forced the closure of the Gross School and all of her affiliates, thus robbing us of the opportunity <laughs> to attend such CHD couples encounter retreats as Ooh. the the two-day Gestalt retreat to the Berkshires for $125. <laughs> Gestalt in the Berkshires. The night to mourn and <laughs> night to mourn M O R N encounter in psychodrama and fantasy for twenty five dollars per couple, and the three day encounter by the sea on Fire Island for two hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, but still no homo, no gay shit, no gay shit, no gay shit. They Aww. got there and they're like, "There's a, a lot of other encounters happening." I was going to say, I'm trying to encounter. But it's 1972. Like, I, I that I mean, shit, these dunes are full. Let me tell you. I mean, like everywhere we go. <laughs> And put that two hundred twenty nine dollars to other uses. Do you know Poppers. Like those like <laughs> obstacle courses, like oh, I don't know, oh, like what? a ropes course. No, 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 no. I'm thinking more of the one where you have to like have sex with a dude at the end. <laughs> yes, that I want one. to avoid that one. No, I'm just trying mm. to think of like it's like a thing that you on an obstacle course you walk through and there's all these like sort of like styrofoam like oh yeah arms and you have to like fight through them to right. Get it's like, but it's dicks because no, you're no. on fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I like at the very end of. Uh, uh, American Gladiator. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, like power through. It's like It's like it's like those face. things uh, at the car wash, but it's just covered in This isn't even fun. <laughs> Too many dicks in too the encounter many by dicks the sea. on the encounter by the sea. Too many dicks. Okay. <laughs> Some of us would just stay. <laughs> You're welcome to my turn in the dick wash. Let me tell you. <laughs> but you won't get a certificate of competency. <laughs> I am not competent. <laughs> I will be an unearned certificate. I already have one. Dan Hardy <laughs> has a certificate of competency from the dick wash. <laughs> dollars a dick steal. wash. Talking about the dick wash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those rags and machines humming. Work, 
can work. My high fingers to the bone. Okay, so soon after Gro was shut down, Ed and Mildred went into hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Mildred resurfaced in San Francisco. No mention of Ed. Ugh. And so this, that liability. Yeah, this was like the late the 70s. Uh, she, he stayed on Dick Island. He was like, actually? Um, no, he got far, oh far away from Dick Island because there's there's no dicks in Grow. That's <laughs> <laughs> the end. There's T and no dicks in Grow. Okay. Um, so, but there's Grow in dicks now. Nope. Oh, I thought this was an encounter group called Grow, and I assumed that there would be dicks. <laughs> I was told there would be dicks. No. Um, anyway, so Mildred Brief surfaced in San Francisco, no mention of Ed, where she studied biofeedback. Oh, uh, yeah. Which became the there basis for her very own version of the game. Oh, yeah. Called Feedback learning. Feedback learning. The game. <laughs> the idea, this is quotes, the idea behind this brash, no holds barred method of communication and problem solving oh, was God. to speak the truth and to learn to listen and hear. Mm-hmm. The relentless back and forth usually lasted for five or more hours a day and some days all, sometimes all day on weekends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind going forward. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to play at halftime. Okay. There is going to be a dick wash, though. So No, 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 no. Would no. you rather <laughs> scream about your feelings for five hours? Yes. Or run through the dick wash? I would scream about my Three feelings seconds for five hours. No, no. <laughs> I have five hours of feelings about how I do not want to run through the dicks. <laughs> Nicks on the dicks. <laughs> so, anyway. While Mildred was in San Francisco, she met a man named Jeff Gross, along with five or six other people who would eventually become the core group of her next scam. Mm-hmm. Goodness. In 1974, an organization called the Foundation for Feedback Learning. Oh, it's a foundation. The now. FFL was incorporated as a 501c3. Uh, they went by FFL until the early <clears throat> 90s when they changed their name to Ganas, and so I'm just going to call it Ganas. Ganas, yeah. And for those of you wondering, Ganas is Spanish for a will strong enough to take action. Which I'm sure is totally right. I was right. going to say, but is it? I'm, I said, I'm yeah. pronouncing it wrong, no doubt, but they're using it wrong, no, no doubt. doubt. Uh-huh. Oh, we're even. It's Ganoth. It's Ganoth. Only in Europe. <laughs> from the Castilian. <laughs> yes. Senor Gomez from Barcelona. Barcelona. So in the late 1970s, <laughs> FFL Ganoth uh, moved back to New York with dreams of establishing their own experiment in open dialogue. Like oh, man. predicated on the idea that like there was a different attorney general in the state of New York now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the grow was cut, shut down. Oh yeah, that's none true. of these people are having fake diplomas and pretending to be therapists. So that's it's right. The time is right. Open mm. season. Thankfully, one of those founders, along with uh, Mildred, was a Wall Street money manager named George Hunt, who bought ten linked together like they're kind of in a circle houses in Tompkinsville Staten Island okay they were Victorian houses that were built Uh in a circle and George said I wanted to create my own pirate island but we live in a country where there's no model other than private property so we had to buy the island okay Uh. 10 Victorian houses valued at more than Four million dollars in two thousand six, which yeah. I wonder what it is fucking right. now. Staten Island real estate. Um, each Wait, property was Island. bought outright. Okay. The the six, Mildred and George and Jeff Gross, pooled all their money and bought all these houses outright. Um, George Hunt, who was the Wall Street money manager, 
invented his own kind of communist capitalist hybrid financial structure okay for the commune which you all will be pleased to know isn't complicated or problematic at all oh well that's Um, a relief very important is the core group are the only ones to pool their resource and actually have a financial stake in the whole thing they are the only ones who own anything Uh and think of it as you six people have gotten all your money together to purchase 10 houses uh-huh. and plus there's a lot of other property and stuff and so right. it's a huge financial Compound. mess gotcha yeah entangled finance entangled financial mess that only the six of them own up to 100 people live in the commune at any one time sharing meals cars and work around the place each of the 10 houses is run like a family home with jobs and responsibilities doled out. Uh, once a week, one of the members will go out and buy groceries for the entire community, aiming to keep costs at $20 per person, to which I'm like, it's a craft mac and cheese. Yeah, you can do that, but we got to keep it to $20 per person. Mm-hmm. I was like, how fucking millionaire are these people that uh-huh. own these 10 houses? But, you know, anyway. Right, but you'll be eating the cheapest of the ground beef. Yes. The group's website portrays it as a domestic paradise with berry bushes, a small swimming pool, exercise room, laundries, and a good sound system. What is this like? If you rented at <laughs> Harbor Grape, you could be a home by now. Yes, you can go to the website, which is... It looks like it was, the website looks like it was designed by like a Highlights Magazine page designer. <laughs> like maybe 92. Um, <clears throat> doors stay unlocked. Groceries are all unloaded from a commune-owned van by a like bucket brigade. Okay. Excuse me. It's a really relaxed, supportive environment. And the friend, people are friendly and engaging, one member said. It's not like utopia, but everyone gets along. Room and board costs only $710 per month. And many residents work off their bill at Everything Goes. Everything one of, one goes. of three Everything Goes locations, which is Ganoss's uh, Staten Island thrift shops that sell used books, secondhand furniture, and vintage clothes. Okay, that wow. sounds good. Exactly. You didn't ask me if I wanted to work in a thrift shop. Doesn't it sound great? It does. The only thing that makes paradise better is capitalism. Hey. So, the Ganoss community operates on four primary rules you write these down we might have to add these to later okay i'm ready no violence no no freeloading um uh. no illegal (laughs) activities except (laughs) there is a place called the treehouse which is actually not on the ganas property but it's like right next Next to to the ganas property and people go there and like get high and listen to music and do a lot of fun stuff which is apparently is in short supply fun stuff to do Mm, they're extremely serious there is also no non-negotiable negativity requiring that complaints be discussed in group processes or not discussed at all either in private or in public oh okay so so let's think about that yeah the discussion takes place at breakfast and dinner and it's not required you can just but of course if you don't show up you don't know what's going on in the discussion also true what's your fucking problem um this discussion is feedback learning Hey, so if you have a problem, then we'll get to yell at you about your problem. Uh Here's the quote from the New York Times. Um, Feedback, according to uh, the writer named Jonah Owen Lamb, who wrote for the New York Times, feedback learning is an intense brand of communication. Mm -hmm. Those new to Ganas would share their life story with the group, who would respond by picking it apart, picking apart their issues and deciding how those issues should be dealt with Mm -hmm. by Killing their Buddhas, it was felt, Ganas members could begin to take control of how they reacted to the world. 
Mildred Gordon described feedback learning as an indispensable day-to-day guiding experience in which members of the community can provide feedback, helpful criticism helpful to criticism. each other mm-hmm. through daily discussions of every community member's behavior no. members can learn about themselves and their motivations they can gain from hearing unpleasant truths and accept negative information with the excitement of discovery <laughs> brian has his hand up <laughs> one of my sources referred to mildred as a buddhicidal maniac a buddhicidal uh, maniac uh, kill your buddha and this is where the fucked up shit starts yes what about brian? like a buddhicidal maniac uh, <laughs> No, that wasn't that's my question. How I met you, right? um, yeah, sure. That's true. Uh... my booty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, this this happens every morning at breakfast and, and dinner. At dinner. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I guess like I guess basically it happens every morning at breakfast, and then when they're done, they eat dinner because it's <laughs> well, like I guess so. Six I mean, I've got to go work at the thrift store. I have to it talk is. about a hundred people's like an indispensable day to day guiding experience. It's probably not everybody's turn uh, every day. I don't know. They no. said everybody. I don't know. Well, maybe everybody it would be really funny. Like today, Erin yeah. has brought her grievance to the table, so the rest. My of grievance us- is with you. Yeah. My grievance is this whole thing is bullshit. <laughs> no, that's not the grievance. Okay, so oh, we're wrong. it definitely is. Amanda, keeping in mind huh. groups like, well, Grow that we already learned about, uh-huh. also groups like the Sullivan Institute, the Sullivan Institute, and aesthetic realism. What do you think the next step beyond we all live together and we're only allowed to talk about our problems in group sessions? What's the next step? Uh, mass marriage? Group sex. Yes, group sex. Uh, yes, indeed. You're right. Yes. According to a New York Post article from 2006 called Commune Sex Shocker, <laughs> Ganas was a seedy haven for pressuring members into sex, green card marriages, pill poppy, and wacky sex sessions with a shrink. Two former members, a man named Walter and a woman named Kenba, who like aren't like together okay. or anything, spoke of their experience in Ganas. Walter, who was with the group for 22 years. Jeez Louise, Walter. Said he was shunned and then pressed to leave after rejecting repeated requests to have sex with members who were sometimes 30 years his senior. Ew, older women, gross. Henba says she became disenchanted after being asked to marry a Brazilian man seeking citizenship. Yeah. I did not want to be anybody's ticket to New York, so I said no, she said. Uh I wasn't offered money to do it, but I got the impression that the Brazilian man was paying Ganas for the privilege. Yeah, find me a green card wife. Mm -hmm. Walter also said that he'd heard of several contractual agreements for international visitors to marry Ganas residents for their citizenship privileges. Quote, they would solicit someone from the commune and reimburse you in some way. They acted like a dating service handing out marriage contracts. In a different article, Walter, who did rent all the networks, (laughs) said, it's a cult. It's a hippie commune that owns 10 million in real estate and went mad with power. The power is playing chess with people's lives. (gasps) They control minds with drugs. They're used by psychotherapists. Once some guy came down the staircase with a wicker basket full of punch cards of Zoloft. Walter claimed that sex was available through what was known as the Safe Sex Club. He's <laughs> like special people club. Exactly. He said it didn't take place out in the open. But when you knock on the door and they say, I'll talk to you later, you know something's up. Mm. As for his own sex life, Walter admitted to two steady girlfriends who weren't Ganas residents but visited every week, which is something that just didn't sit well with other residents he claimed and when he spurned a member's proposition i was harassed into leaving the village now remember when walter repeatedly refused to have sex with members 30 years his senior Uh well i don't know if there's more than one 
aged prospect, but the only one who counted was Mildred Gordon. Mildred, who by 2006 was on her fourth husband, a 38-year-old named David. Oh, my. Walter also had this to say. A lot of women were on psychotropic drugs, and they would have these intense therapy sessions with Mildred and others. Basically, it's legal sex for money. But psychotropic drugs are, like, antidepressants. Right. Like, that's a psychotropic that's Zoloft. drug. Like, right. So it's yeah, like, let's pop fuck Zoloft and fuck. I mean, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> pop Zoloft and not fuck. And not, and not <laughs> a fuck at all, no. Um... Mildred kept asking me to sleep with her and then she would introduce me to new women and say that they were willing and I had my own social life. I didn't want to be a part of it. After refusing, I had like 50 or 60 people leaning on me to leave and when they realized I wasn't going to play any of their games, they shunned me. Shunned me. Well, yeah, Walter... They did they kick did. you they out. Did. Uh, so Walter had this to say that since ganache was ganache, <laughs> sorry, yes. ganache was a matriarchal society, it was dangerous. <sighs> oh, always. Oh, is, is that why? Is that, well, uh, judging from evil woman, judging from where we're about to learn, maybe correct. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Well. In 1986, a woman named Rebecca Johnson first connected with ganache as a com- at a communal living conference in Canada, which. Oh, my God. Wow, that must have been amazing. Communal living conference in Canada. And it was before the group had a formal screening process, and Rebecca, who was impressed by the people she met and attracted to its claims to be a peace-loving urban kibbutz dedicated (laughs) to the exploration of biofeedback, simply hitched a ride back to Staten Island and moved in. She had no money. She had no job, and she seemed a bit lost. Jeff Gross, one of Ganas's original founders, said, we just thought we could help anyone. Yeah. So Rebecca worked in one of the thrift stores during her first stint in Ganas, mm-hmm. but by 1989, she was asked to leave by, by Jeff Gross. Mm. Um, she asked for a second chance, and in 1994, Rebecca was allowed to return, but things deteriorated quickly, and Ganas people had to call in a marshal to have her evicted. Oh, gracious. Uh. It's difficult to say when Rebecca's unhealthy obsession with Jeff Gross began, but this is my show, and I'm going to speculate that constant <laughs> group sex may have given her some messed up messages Maybe. about love and attraction. I don't know. And how that Gross, who was uh. married to another Ganassian, refused solo encounters with Johnson, which apparently pissed her off. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah she remained pissed for years <laughs> for years <laughs> uh, until 1999 when she filed a civil suit claiming that Jeff Gross and other community members sexually abused her between 1986 and 1989 and tried to brainwash her which to be fair was probably, probably entirely correct yeah, yes. yeah it does not seem incorrect no, no. her three million dollar lawsuit also claimed that members traded sexual partners and ignoring herpes and sexually transmitted diseases such as AIDS mm-hmm. to which I have to say there were no reports of any actual AIDS in the community and in fact one of the members of the community is like I run like the HIV center at like yeah Kaiser Permanent Day or some yeah. like huge <laughs> hospital anyway but when Rebecca complained about the sex play and called the group a cult she claimed the organization fired her from her ganas job and tossed her out of the commune well that's what happens i know rebecca dropped her suit in 2001 but stayed mad in 2004 she ramped up her harassment of jeff gross uh rebecca was reportedly disheveled when she tailed him and snapped photos of him while he worked in an annual staten island waterfront festival or jogged near his home and some of these photos appeared in flyers she made and distributed throughout the neighborhood oh god career, career 
rapist and pimp. The oh, Danville God. Stream. He has terrorized and coerced women into fraudulent immigration marriages to illegal aliens. This is how terrorists infiltrate the country. Ma'am. She spray painted. <laughs> she's like, you're half right. You're half right. <laughs> she spray painted pimp and racist on Gross's home and tried to convince the Staten Island District Attorney's Office that Gross was a sexual sadist and that Ganas was a... Then the Ganas group was a dangerous cult. And instead of looking into these women's claims of sexual abuse, the cops arrested her. Yes, yes. And the case was eventually dismissed. And at the time, Jeff Gross thought the trouble had finally subsided. Hysterical woman. Until. Alas. The night of May 29th, 2006, when Jeff Gross was returning to his house, Rebecca jumped out of the bushes with a 380 caliber oh, handgun. Shit. Oh, shit. She fired four times with three shots landing, one in Gross's chest and two more in his arms, although another report said that he was shot more times in his stomach, arms, neck, and chest. Oh, shit. Before being taken to the hospital where he recovered, uh, Gross was able to shout out that, Rebecca did this! Rebecca shot me! Oh, man. Rebecca Johnson ran the fuck off and she really should have used a rattlesnake instead. That's was, right. Yes. Rebecca Remains Stamos was uh, arrested months later. <laughs> so hot. Um, yeah, she put a rattlesnake in his mailbox, man. It was fucked up. Uh, in her rip apartment where Rebecca lived with her cat but very little furniture, police found a paper shooting target with bullet holes around the neck and throat. They found a well-worn copy of the book Cults, The Hidden Menace in Our Everyday Lives. Hell yeah. <laughs> and they also found rambling notes about where Jeff Gross was going to be on the night of the shooting, and she had it all planned out, including her escape. Yeah. A couple of months later, in June of 2006, a suspicious communique, communique showed up at Ganas. It was a packet containing newspaper clippings about the shooting. And next to the headline, Commune Stalker, Who's Next? In yep. one of the clips, a hand-drawn arrow pointed at a picture of Gross with the words, Just him! <laughs> <laughs> Another I only have one specific Just beef. him! Another scrawl reads, Expecting return of shooter? No way! Rebecca was not, was not spotted until September 2006 when she was caught on camera, a security camera, withdrawing her own money from an ATM, where she then <laughs> apparently went directly to a nearby payphone where she made some harassing calls to Jeff <laughs> I need $20,000 and 25 cents for this payphone. <laughs> This was mere days before she was featured on America's Most Wanted. Eventually, she was featured five times, all the while being described as armed and extremely dangerous. In various newspaper articles, mostly from the New York Post, she's horribly, horribly described. Snaggle tooth, yellow tooth, a crooked tooth wacko weighing 220 pounds. It's just like, it's like this woman has got problems yes yes clearly she has needs mental health mm -hmm. help so on june 18th 2007 a little over a year after the shooting rebecca was arrested in philadelphia and when the cops searched her philly apartment they found an ak-47 oh. and over 1,000 rounds of ammunition wow as well as three driver's licenses under different names and a stack of license plates from different states johnson pleaded not guilty and in august 2008 she was cleared of all charges hey look it's her constitution right to have all those AK-47. No yeah, fucking shit. Uh, yeah. um, when asked mm. after it, she says, uh, I guess I just have really good lawyers. I'm ready to get back to my family. <laughs> I don't know what happened to her next, but I hope she got uh, some help. I hope she got some help. I said that her family had money and was from Virginia. Okay. So... 
Jeff Gross got the boot for some economic reason. I don't yeah, fucking mm-hmm. know. And he sued Ganas for $20 million. I do not know how it turned out because I don't care. And I <laughs> doubt that he got that amount. Today, on the Ganas website, you will find an inclusivity statement that says... In hopes of creating a culture in which people of any race, sexual orientation, or gender identity expression feel welcome and included, we see a need to be willing to do the work of recognizing white hetero cisgender privilege, to understand how this privilege impacts people without it, to create an environment where we raise awareness of racism, sexism, genderism in ourselves, and to demonstrate the value of anti-racism. We can always do better, and we know there's more work to do, and we were up for it. That's right. We are up for people. I find it extremely interesting that in this statement that is on their website today, there is no um, mention of disability because interesting one thing. Yeah, that that's that's like always included in the thing, especially since the original founder, George Hunt, the money manager who bought all this. Mm -hmm. And there were a few other members of Ganas are little people. Huh. And I did not know how to put this in this fact into the story without, without it sounding it like, ins- like sensationalist, you yeah. know. But it's it's there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like that's it. sort yeah. of like a thunk to land on. Yeah. But it also made me think about George Hunt, mm-hmm. who every time you say that, I think Mike Hunt. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, George. No. Sorry. Can you page someone for me? Seymour, <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Seymour, bet. Um. Uh, so can we, can I join right now? Yes, you can. And go live in Staten Island. Yes, you can. Okay, Mildred. I don't know if Mildred's Mildred. still alive or not, but she went out to San Francisco. Man, I don't know where she is. Mildred. So anyway. Mildred. That's Ganas, an yeah. intentional community in Staten Island. <laughs> intentional community in Staten Island. That's really terrific. Um, kind of. Kind. I, I know. I love communal living, but it always goes it's so bad. It's really bad. bad. It um, always goes so bad. It's, it's never for the right reasons. It's never it for the like, right reasons. They're not here for the right reasons. They're never here for the right it's like reasons. The bachelor. Um, All right. I think oh. this one gets a certificate. This one does get a certificate of competency. <laughs> no. Yeah. Are, are you well, sure? it is still. It participated in our cults. <laughs> a certificate of participation. <laughs> Second prize is a shiny cake. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So Okay, ganas. Ganas. Oh, great. So what are we going to do for halftime? We're going to play the game. Oh, we're nope, play the excuse game. me. It's time for feedback learning. It's time for feedback Dan's learning. Dan's here, so. Okay, we're all going to tell him about ways that he Damn. can Damn. Who hurt you? <laughs> can you <laughs> talk? <laughs> This morning said I it would be good for you, but you're free to leave. I don't want to go through a fourth you want, time. You just take your AK-47 and go, Amanda. The thrift store. I'm taking my AK-47 to the thrift store. I've got all these little oval-shaped bruises on me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm getting over it. Very good. 
<laughs> cleanse myself. Cleanse. Cleanse. Why? You say you're gonna wash? Maybe. Like, no. Um, I'm washed in the blood of the lamb. Okay. <laughs> the lamb we had for dinner at Indian food this afternoon. Oh, we did have some really good Indian food today. Man, loves me some Indian food. And there's nothing better on a freezing cold day than like a hot, hot, spicy dinner. Yeah. I'm amazed that like we're all still awake, or at least that I am. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, really it's, like, it's, it's it's not easy. Well, it was such Indian a powerful food. meal that I couldn't eat that much. Right. Yeah. I, we will have we'll have dinner, second dinner after the podcasting, and then mm. it'll be like sleepy time. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm. Oh, but I still got some madness. Madness. I'm ready, for us. Are Amanda. Ready? I feel like I charged through my madness, and That's so I'm okay. ready to enjoy it. Now. Ready to relax. Do you know the story of Iron John? Oh my God! (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a terrifying forest, and every man who went to try and explore the forest vanished without a trace. One day, a hunter came to the king and said, please give me a dangerous job. The king told him about the haunted forest, and the hunter was super jazzed and headed off at once. All these men failed, but I'm I'm going to do... Can I have something really dangerous? Deep in the woods, the hunter finds a wild man who is covered in rusty colored hair and names him Iron John. Because <laughs> he did not have a name and right, he ceased say, to like, exist. What's your name, sir? The moment I came across right. him. My name's Paul. No, it's Iron John. Oh. His t- name's Ed Sheeran and he was killed by the hunter the way he should have been. <laughs> he we brought were- his heart back and they said, I'm not eating that thing. That's, no, that's right. I'm in love with the shape of you getting out of here. Uh, so one day, he takes Iron John back to the palace where he's locked up. Up and the key was given to the queen. Naturally. <laughs> Thanks, One day, asshole. The king's eight-year-old son rolls his ball into Iron John's cage. This ball is a metaphor, and it also stands for the golden snitch and the princess and the frog, but they are not important right no now. Okay. <laughs> Iron John tells the prince he will return the ball if you let me out of the cage. The prince thinks about it, comes back several days in a row, and says, I do it, but I don't know where the key is. Iron John says it's under the queen's pillow. The woman <sighs> has the key... Locking this man in a cage. Right. The prince is brave. And so he's in her son to go get it. The prince is brave, steals the key, frees Iron John, and in return, Iron John takes the prince with him into the woods and shows him real life. Okay. This is a metaphor for a man finding himself and realizing that all of his innate animal instincts and strengths are useless in this modern world, Mm -hmm. and that wild, natural man is actually himself locked up, and the key is in the keeping of Of women. women. Oh my God. He has to be brave enough to let this wild man free in order to live a true and authentic life. And this manly masculine metaphor is the reason that it was chosen as the title of Robert Bly's 1990 book sensation, Iron Iron John, John. a book about men, which kicked off the white man sweat lodge fire in the belly power reclaiming craze I'm sure a lot of us reluctantly recall. Yeah. But I'm not going to focus on Robert Bly and his merry band teaching us demonic entities, teaching us all about how demonic entities can enter a man's body if they have distant fathers. No, I'm not lying. Oh. But I am going to tell us about an offshoot uh, slash bastard child of this movement and at least two others in the cult adjacent area. Oh my fucking God. This is the Sterling Institute of Relationship. Oh. You would think it would be the Sterling Institute of Relationships, but it's the Sterling Institute of Relationship and only Mr. Sterling knows why. Because <laughs> he wants to because I'm sure I'm positive because it's like no this is why this, this is why yes. blah, 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 blah. So, so, there's only one relationship that really matters that really matters it's you and, and the, your dick and your dick exactly <laughs> 
So yeah. no gay shit. No, there was there was no gay shit. Just painfully no gay shit. There's so much no gay shit about to come about, despite all of the dicks and nude men frolicking together. There was zero gay. If there were a little more gay shit, they wouldn't have to do this. You know? Also true. We have to take peyote so we can like cry. <laughs> like you can just elaborate rituals, elaborate rituals. Like, you can just cry. What if I what if I just hit you really hard in the knee? Oh, what if you just cry because you're sad and it doesn't? It's not an indictment of you as a human. Uh, never mind. Never mind. So, who's in charge? Patriarchy Christ. fucks everybody up. Get ready. Uh, who is this Sterling who can tell us how to fix our relationship? Bye, yeah. Here he is in his own words from his their website. Sterling's oh, gold. Go. <laughs> a Justin Sterling. Ha- <laughs> not the Justin Sterling. <laughs> a Justin, Justin Sterling. It's not his real name. We'll get there. Right, because Justin is a boot, a, a- manly boot name. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. Ju- a Justin Sterling had a professional relationship with the director of a women's organization that counseled women about how to be successful in their career. This is not true. Let I was going to say no. some unknown woman. Right. No. Yeah. No, that's not true. No. I, this is what he says on his website. Right. We'll be getting there working together they begin to see a correlation between women's ability to be successful in their careers and their inability to be successful in their personal relationships Uh, i'm good at my job but i'm a clutch i'm so good because i've become so masculinized to be good at my job i'm no good at being a wife anymore and my husband is so unfulfilled oh god yeah oh honey yes no, I'm really pleased right now, actually. You should be, because it's really good. <laughs> Love going second. <laughs> the woman's organization began referring clients to Justin for counseling. And this he's... nameless, leaderless women's organization. <laughs> Send him professional they met women. At right. Niagara Falls. That's right. The Niagara Falls Center for Professional Women. <laughs> <laughs> 24 Yemen Street, Yemen. Yemen. It's a we temp agency. <laughs> we really just teach women to get in barrels and go over the funnels. <laughs> Right. That's that's the only profession we're really. That for woman's got to love herself. First. She needs to love herself. It's and true. Built that barrel. Mm-hmm. It's true. The first seminars were very successful, and the women who completed them referred other women, and it grew from there. Sure, sure. Today in real things that actually happened. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, a. Justin Sterling was born Artie Kasargian in Brookline, Massachusetts in 1942. Oh. Those cold-ass Yankees were not going to give a super brain like him <laughs> enough opportunities, so he headed west in the 70s and landed in San Francisco. No, what is this? It's like, well, I found my way to San Francisco. It's like, I wonder. Yeah. You were like, hmm. Well, I read Dharma Bums. I was riding this- the rails, <laughs> and I came, and I just opened the door, and mm-hmm. I was like, San Francisco, what's this place? Yes. Pretty soon after landing in Frisco, he got himself some arrests and convictions for grand larceny and unlawful impersonation. <laughs> Sentenced to three what? years probation, what? so he scrammed and went to Hollywood. Perfect. According to IMDb, he worked uh, briefly and sporadically as an extra with such sterling, see what I did there? Wah, wah, wah. Roles uh-huh. as card player number three on an episode of Police Woman. <laughs> nice. Number three. Card player number three. Stardom was elusive, and so he did what any red-blooded American would do in the 70s in Los Angeles. He went to Est. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Changed his name to A. Justin Sterling and decided to become a relationship guru. You could just do that. You could. You could. He I, mod- mean, I guess you still can, but... You still can, baby doll. Hello, Nexium. That's yeah. true. There's there's no like accredita- like professional accrediting organization for gurus. He 
should have called those ganache people. He should have <laughs> gone to the grow school the grow in school San Francisco and printed himself. A I've got thing. a diploma from the college of what's happening now. That's right. And it says I am perfectly certified. Hollywood upstairs medical school. <laughs> to pressure you into sex. <laughs> I'm a professional professional uh in 1979 he changed his name and uh, he modeled this plan after Werner Erhardt and Est changed his name started giving workshops for women and then in 1981 he incorporated and has been averaging a cool million a year uh since then and even more enough to pay ten thousand dollars a month alimony and child support even though it does not help the anguish of being barred from seeing his daughter who accused his accused him of molesting her, but anyway. Oh, oh. every day it hurts his heart. Wow. In 1992, he wrote a book called What Finally Works with Men? Solve 95% of your relationship problems and cope with the rest. Oh my fucking uh, God. Are we just going to have like a reading? Now? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it was critically eviscerated upon publication. <laughs> yes. But fairly popular. You can still get cheap copies and Goodreads reviews tell us that we need to read it if we really want to understand our men and have a fulfilling marriage. Oh, this has uh, got to be like uh, men are from Mars. Women are it from is 100% Venus, that. And that knockoff thing. That book is mentioned in here too. I've also seen John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From oh. Venus, listed on the Cult Awareness Education uh, website. Ha, ha, ha. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tell. Well, mm. it's a man <laughs> coming to tell women how they should be, be better, better to, to so these to other men, men. want to fuck them. That's right. Uh. He still you can sh- understand your man. You can understand your man better. He still shows up in person to lead his weekend workshops and rakes in piles of cash. The Sterling Institute of Relationship, which never stops making me laugh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> is for profit. It's an LGAT, large group awareness training like EST or Nexium. Mm-hmm. And they run a series of men's and women's weekends. These weekends used to be is called... It Gestalt Retreat to the Berkshires? Because- uh, kinda. <laughs> Except we're all in, we're in California. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> They used to be called Women's Sex and Power and Men's Sex and Power, but now they're called Women's Weekend and Men's Weekend. Okay. Okay, here's according to their website. The purpose of the Sterling Institute of Relationship is to (laughs) to transform the quality of people's relationships, well, it's pluralized right there, by defining the differences between men and women so that they know themselves and become closer to each other and have the natural loving relationship produce the partnership and context necessary for a true global community. God damn it. Okay. This is where we teach women that they need to take better care of their men. Yes. And if they continue to be cunts, then their men are never going to love them. Right. Um... Yeah. Yeah. But but why can't the men... Why can't the men love them? No, well, yeah. I mean, why do you? Why do the women have to take care of the men? Because they're very, grandma told you. Because they're babies. That's and you right. Them like babies. You need to treat them like babies. Yes. The men. Uh, the men. <laughs> what do you think, are, men? Well. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, we're gonna put you on mic. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I'm in the dick wash. <laughs> I'm not interested. We don't have these kind of conversations here in the dick wash. That's right. That's, that's the perk of being that's, in the dick wash. It's, it's too loud for one thing. <laughs> can't hear anything. Justin's visionary philosophy, now widely accepted, was, <laughs> okay. was considered radical in 1979. I, 
Yeah, that's why I've never heard of it. <laughs> he right. sought to define the fundamental differences between men and women and to find solutions to common relationship and career problems by embracing and honoring these differences. Mm-hmm. The Women Be Shopping Institute. Oh, he believed that fundamental differences exist between men and women. He has always been a champion of equal opportunity. I'm sure. Uh, equal opportunity uh-huh. to fuck me. <laughs> The Sterling Women's Weekend was born out of Justin's experiences of counseling highly successful women in their relationships. Citation needed. What the actual fuck? <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I'm a businesswoman in 1979. These women had just penetrated the upper levels of management, a new phenomenon no, in the early 80s. That's a That's, choice of word. That is a choice a of, of words. Word. Uh-huh. And also not true. Women had full-time jobs. Yeah, no but they, not yeah. in upper management. Yeah. Until, like, Melanie Griffith came along. I guess so. Justin's understanding of the emotional conflict between high-demand corporate environments and romantic life was the inspiration for the Sterling Women's Weekend. Justin taught women to trust their female instincts and bring them to the workplace instead of subjugating them and adopting male models of behavior. <laughs> okay, do you know what that means? Bring me some coffee. Get the fuck away from me. Yes. The confidence and self-acceptance that Women's Weekend graduates received were life-changing. The Men's Weekend were created in response to the requests of Sterling Women's Weekend graduates. The Sterling Men's Weekends began in 1981 and focused on the changing gender roles of the time and the resulting confusion that men experienced. Oh, my God. These weekends Ah! brought men back in touch with their abandoned legacy of honor, purpose, and commitment. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck boomer shit. Oh, yeah. This is some, I mean, we do explore it. It's not generally highlighted, but this is also some rare lady boomer shit. Lady (laughs) boomer shit. Sterling tells them they don't need to worry about, I've stopped quoting the website. Mm -hmm. Sterling tells them they don't need to worry about society's evolving standards. Men are perfect the way they are, and women will be happier when they submit. What? 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 To this day. Yes. Uh, As one alum puts it, we're not the brightest bulbs in the shed. We're just men. Men are fragile the creatures who cannot you, change. You just have to let them be. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Never. You fucking fuck. <laughs> Jesus. You're such a little... I'm just going to stand here and piss myself because I couldn't remember to go into the restroom. I'll clean it up. I'm you, just honey. a man. Okay. I'm covered in urine. <laughs> you are, sound like you're having a hard, hard time, time, honey. Let me uh, bathe you. Oh, in ass milk and... <laughs> Wash your jeans. So, and Stand on my neck while I'm lying in the tub. <laughs> I will hold you under the ass milk until you bubble stop. <laughs> so it says, what are we in for? You should so- can and should sign up for a men's weekend or a women's weekend. Okay. But wait, I hear you say, isn't this about my relationship? Shouldn't we go on the same weekend and work on improving our lives together? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One of the first things you learn at the Institute of Relationship is that men and women have their best lives and best relationship when they spend as little time with each other as possible. Um. <laughs> We're all just rendered speechless here. I am. Do you pause it? No. Oh, okay, we just pause it. No, I just, I, I don't, I, I, I just, can't. Well, what? I mean, like, I don't want to keep interrupting. It's okay. Um. Uh, we'll get it. We have to go to our weekend. It's like a six day, but there's less volleyball because volleyball is for girls. Volleyball is for girls. Well, it's the same. Like the reason that so many men love Casablanca is I love you forever, baby. Now bye. bye. But I have. 
have a whole thing about that. Men's romances. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Shogun. Yeah. The be- the, he falls in love with a woman. She dies. And he ends up with a former prostitute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 100%. 100%. He'll never love her as much as the, pu- pure, the pure beautiful girl who had to leave, who had to leave or okay. died. But mm-hmm. that's okay. Exactly. So here's going back to quote the website about the men's weekend. Shoot. Amongst photos of ultra ripped mountain men, hip dudes kissing small boy children, we learn this. The purpose of the Sterling Men's Weekend is to engage in the process of locating the source of your power and discovering and dissolving the barriers between you and manifesting that power as total freedom as only a man can. What? The Sterling Men's Weekend reawakens and invigorates the masculine spirit through a rugged exploration of the heart, mind, and soul. Set against a backdrop of relationships with the opposite sex, the Sterling Men's Weekend offers men a two and a half day directed journey through our roles in society, family, and the workplace. Dan's laughing because this is some gay ass shit. We're back in the dick walk. We're back in the dick walk. <laughs> exactly. The Men's Weekend clarifies the con- conflict between modern society's expectations and our ancient masculine biological and emotional foundations. What, modern? Ancient. Modern society's expectations that you like be a decent human being and don't shit on women. That shit. Ancient civilizations. The Sterling Men's Weekend is tough. I am still quoting. The Sterling Men's Weekend is two and a half days of grueling introspection, dialogue, fun, expression, heartbreak, and triumph. It is said that participating in the Sterling Men's Weekend is like climbing a mountain, a testament to your endurance, commitment, and masculine fortitude. Oh my God. It's fun. It's a chance to let your flag fly, whatever that might be. Not everything. No. Enjoy the acceptance and camaraderie of men. There's no political correctness here. Oh, fuck you. And good-natured vulgarity is suitable for the occasion. Oh, my God. You know, honey, I am not done. I know, I know, I know. Uh, no, actually, what I was going to say is, like, listening to this, I would rather be with the Ultra Marathon group. I mean, honestly. God. Look, yeah. Mm. At least they're running. No, not me. <laughs> Look, I, I might mean, rather go into the dick wash than spend a weekend with marathoners. Oh, Look, here's, the, here's the thing I've about, already been with the marathoners. Here's the thing about Ultra Marathoners. If you stay still, they go away. You'd think. They're gone. But they leave their fan club behind them. This to, like, is all terrible. Anyway. You okay. know, we got earbuds. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, let's see. The Sterling Men's Weekend is led by A. Justin Sterling, an acknowledged relationship author. Acknowledged by whom? That's, I acknowledge wow. myself. <laughs> I am an Said acknowledged daredevil driver. <laughs> he's, he's had three wives. Maybe they're the ones that. Well, apparently his shit doesn't work then, does it? His expertise and familiarity with the innermost thoughts of women has given him insight and perspective to teach men to be better relationship partners by being more masculine, more honorable, and more disciplined. Men who are not ready for a long-term relationship will find useful advice on how to manage their emotional well-being. While men who are considering marriage and family will find much-needed guidance on self-preparation, choosing the right mate, and staying on the path. Are we going to get into some, like, super racist shit? There's not. I mean, it's kind of built in, right? I did not find in this nothing overtly racist. Right-wingy. Not especially. It's not Jesus-y. It's not Jesus-y. It's not. It's, it's just megalomania. It is. it is, And it's like, yes, I guess in the right-wing stuff, it's like men are in charge. But there's no, I don't see any. Right. Except for this. There's no political correctness yeah. here. Is, is this one of those instances where like just like just because it's all white men doesn't 
necessarily mean it's racist. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't think it's racist. Yeah. I just think it's this is some white man shit. That is some serious. Black men yeah. are like, we have different yeah. problems. <laughs> exactly. Everybody like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, man? this I don't well, think it's I white wish I had racist. the opportunity to go out to the fucking Jesus. mountain and like think about my feelings for right. a week. Yeah, yeah, just still worried about getting shot by the police. Correct. I, it, it's it's all white men, but it doesn't but not in an okay. Elohim city kind of way. Masculine pride is an important factor in the emotional well-being of a man. Men are particularly vulnerable to becoming depressed or apathetic when they don't feel useless, useful the stir- or valued. The or most importantly, valued by your Just woman. men feel that way. Women never feel that it way. It does not matter. That's the craziest thing. We're supposed to feel that way. It's, it's our job to feel that way. It's our job to feel that way. Becoming part of this tradition renews the pride that men have in themselves. Men are broken, women. You need, and to, you fix need to fix them. them. Uh-huh. The Sterling Men's Weekend... Also, you broke them. ...can initiate a man's personal <laughs> spiritual journey and add to the richness of masculine energy. Uh, the, let's shit. talk about rich masculine energy because... Mm. Um, Dude, like man smells? I've seen that I was movie. gonna say, yeah. Rich masculine energy Does just smells like dirty farts. Socks? It smells like farts. <laughs> Sniffing jock straps. Yeah. <laughs> That's the smell of rich masculine energy. So what about Women's Weekend? Fuck them. The purpose of Sterling Women's Weekend is to engage in the process of locating the source of your power and discovering and dissolving barriers between you and manifesting that power in the relationships and in the world. And I'm like, hmm, what kind of power? Uh, right, right. A woman's freedom lies in the acceptance of her feminine nature oh, and not f- trying to adopt fundamentally male characteristics. Fucking God. What? Okay, so what are those? Women of the past embrace their roles as healers and peacemakers of the family and the world. Wow, women of the past. That's right. That's where yeah. everything good happens. Women of the presence have lost that ability. Because we have jobs. They have neglected to listen to or have rejected the teaching of the women who have gone before them. My mom? Grandma, who told you that men are babies and that you have rejected these teachings. Right. You have become disconnected from your essential feminine nature and intuition, and this estrangement is found in every area of your life. Oh, God. This is... Uh, I said, oh, well, this kind of power. Love that for us. I know, right? Oh, that kind of power. The power to be a good wife. To be a good wife. Take a quiz to see if I'm a thoughtful housewife. Oh, my God. The benefits of the Sterling Women's Weekend are many and varied. A woman, Is it all the pussy these women are getting? They are getting no <laughs> pussy. Unfortunately, Wee. no. I No, I honest to God don't think so. Oh, God, that's too bad. It is too bad. Or is this like an Ashley Madison sort of situation but where it's like <laughs> full of dudes going to this weekend, but the Women's Weekend, they're like, there's no women actually. <laughs> no, because I'm about to tell you what really happens during these weekends. Oh, God. Ladies. Yes. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Just, oh, just love you ladies no. the radio. Because I'm about, about to tell you something. You something might want to know. He was in Bilza. Hugging. kissing, too. I was ready for Mary. She was, was ready for Jane, but all the time it was Bill who was sleeping with my man. Bill was a friend, and he was God uncle to our only son. Now it looks like Uncle Bill wants to be a stepmom. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bill. It's <laughs> a fantastic song. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard. It's, it's one of the most amazing so, songs I've amazing. ever heard. <laughs> and it was also one of those songs where a lady was like, God damn it, I'm writing a song right, right now. now. It's like, this happened. This happened to me. And that was the basis for the movie Brokeback Mountain. Hey. That song was written by Yanni Prue. <laughs> 
who regrets writing that story. Oh, I bet she does. She does. I've read in an interview that she's like, yeah. I'm a serious writer, and that was like, mm, gay shit. Yeah, well, it was a, and I remember when that story was in The New Yorker, because I've subscribed to The New Yorker for a long time, and I read it, and it was wonderful, and now it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> really? A woman moves forwards toward full self-acceptance when she's able to articulate her own priorities and begins to live in a way that supports those priorities. <laughs> unless if, they're... Unless they are priorities. <laughs> like, like, I would like a career... At, no, no, no. <laughs> Exactly. Why do you bring me dinner? As she understands and embraces the differences between men and women, she becomes able to transform a relation, failing relationship or create a successful new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it's all her job. It it's is. all she has her to job. Do the work. As she gives herself to others, she becomes a beacon that lights the way. As she gives herself <laughs> to others. Mm-hmm. That's it. All you have to do is just, not be a person. It's really crazy. I mean, like... Uh, yeah she's a bitch whatever like yeah. you know locker room talk about mm-hmm. women but then to hear this yeah like I'm really thinking it out it's, it's like, like intellectualness intellectualness it's like you still think that she's just a shithole just a cast iron bitch a cast mean, iron bitch fuck hole right that is not gonna fuck you right and is there to take care of you mm-hmm. and she needs to figure it out and you need to figure out that it's okay to let her to take let care her of take her. care of you and indeed enforce that. Mm-hmm. There, I will also say that there's nothing in here about you should hit her. So well, thank God. If I'm coming up with I mean, p- positives, I mean, if that's what comes out, yeah. So Jesus Christ says, well, I'm sure we can take the org's word for it. I did a bit more <laughs> around, <clears throat> and it would seem that not everyone has the same idyllic experience. <sighs> Mr. Sterling took more than one page out of the Est book, dipped it in some testosterone, and used it to lay down all these rules. Gross. Would you say he dipped it in? Estosterone. Oh, I would now. Well, that book was already <laughs> reeking with estosterone anyway. Oh, Gross. So first, we're gonna hear from it's Haley. Sticky and greasy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bleach. It I'm, like I'm having bleach. a flamin's response. It's like right a bleach here. flower smell. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, we're gonna hear from Haley, who was profiled about her Women's Weekend in Elle magazine. And a lot of these are quotes, you can tell. Okay. It says, around noon, she walked into a much nicer venue than where her husband had spent his weekend. There were poker-faced women dressed in black everywhere. Uh. It felt kind of cultish at that point, said Haley. What year was that? Hang on, I have it cited back here. Elle Magazine, 2006. Boof, okay. Yeah. Uh, She followed a line uh, into a room divided by a folding wall. 45 minutes later, the wall receded and the recruits migrated into the bigger area. Four female volunteers took flanking positions by the stage, and they wore headsets and pointed video cameras. And then nothing <laughs> happened. This is- For two hours, the recruits sat there in silence uh-huh. and waited. While so- these women all dressed in black and headsets pointed video cameras at them? Uh-huh. So you're in the room. They're pointing video cameras at you. They don't talk. You don't talk. You're waiting for your weekend to start. Meanwhile, they're watching you. Right. For two hours, everybody sits there, and then they start getting more restless. And then they, and they're watching you, and so when they come out, they can pinpoint. Exactly. God! So, hey, uh... Uh, women griped no one walked out they'd already paid $600 and they felt indebted to the big sisters who recruited them plus they had been dropped off and how were they going to get home (sighs) after an interminable wait a 50-ish year old woman in business attire strode to the front and robotically welcomed them she told everybody to give up their cell phones and food and gum and mints there would be one single meal break we will tell you when they (sighs) 
I paid six hundred dollars mm-hmm. for those. I'm going to learn about it. Hunger, isolation, deprivation. These were the underpinnings of the weekend. Then she introduced Justin A. Justin Sterling. He came through the double doors and climbed into a director's chair, placed on uh, placed on the stage. Then he just started yelling stuff at him. Society was screwed up because women had become masculine and competitive and men had become feminized. Men should never discuss their feelings with women. Women are 100% responsible for the relationship. Women are hostile enemy territory, he tells men. Whatever you Well, are, no wonder, like, go do gay shit. No, if you hate women so fucking much, get no, out of here. but I don't like men. Do you want anal like- and a BJ every time? No, Maybe, could no, be. No, but it's from dudes. Men are dogs, he tells women. Any part of a relationship you trusted them, they'll screw it up. One woman Work said, harder. Nope. One woman said that her husband told her he was sworn to secrecy about what had happened to him during his weekend, and I'm about to tell you that too. Uh, he said he'd learned how to be a man and handed her a list of solutions to improve their marriage. How <laughs> should be your domain? I'll stop questioning you about the cooking and the decorating, and in exchange you have to stop micromanaging me and let me take over the family decision-making and the budget. My aggressive personality was just emasculating him, she told me. Her husband needs to feel powerful in this marriage. And when she surrendered, he took his rightful place as the protector. And that allowed him to feel like a more loving and giving partner. Oh, my God. I love that just the idea of being equal partners in something doesn't even ever come up as an option. Well, that is equal. It's you have to use your own strengths. Oh, okay. I'm in control of the cooking and decorating. decorating and the child rearing. Obviously, right. like every single bit of it. Every single bit of it, except maybe making decisions about what your male child should do. I was going to say, is that okay. child a boy? Yeah, <laughs> right, is the yeah, child a boy? Yeah. Because you're allowed to wipe his ass, but you're not allowed to tell him how she he should act. Right. right. And if your child is okay. a girl, you get all sorts of like, I'll fucking blow your head off if you date my daughter. Shirts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Here's a third account of a women's weekend. Shoot. I arrived at 8 a.m. on a Saturday at an old institutional building in a town a few hours outside New York. I was relieved to see a crowd of 120 friendly-looking women who appeared to be a cross-section of middle-class America, like they'd been rounded up online at the Cheesecake Factory. Well, so <laughs> a cross-section of not different women at all. Like middle-class white women. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're here to be brainwashed, shouted one woman, and everybody oh, laughed. Starla. The, the group was a mix of married and single. <laughs> women and said they'd been referred by co-workers and friends or relatives the chit chat ended quickly when a stout severe looking woman in a long skirt and rubber like nurse ratchet came out i know but like an ugly one ugly one asked us to pick up our pens excuse me commanded us to pick up our pens when i say on the ground (laughs) she instructed us to read and sign the confidentiality agreement and waiver releasing the institute from liability for physical emotional or psychological injuries and consent to being videotaped that that's gonna be a big no so you need to sign all this but we're taping you mm-hmm. nope during the next okay ha- during the next half hour more humorless women in long skirts collected our cell phones and read us the rules no note taking no eating ask permission to go to the bathroom if we abuse the privilege we would only be allowed to go during breaks if we return late from the breaks the whole group would have to sit in silence as punishment if we violated any of the rules we'd be kicked out and forfeit our money the weekend was expected to conclude around 8 a.m. on Monday, but it will only end when Justin says and not before. What if everybody's late from break? <laughs> I'll have you all shot. Then our handlers introduced, led us into a giant windowless room where we sat doing nothing for four hours. Oh, God. Until suddenly Sterling introduced himself over a loudspeaker. Disembodied, he lectured us for an hour about surrendering to this experience. 
When we returned from lunch, Sterling, a short man with a round face and bulbous belly, was sitting in a director's chair. He announced that he would entertain questions, but first we had to identify what kind of bitch we were. I'm not a bitch, said one woman when he called on her. No, all women are bitches. And after conceding that she was the frosty kind of bitch, she told us that she was considering divorce after she learned that her husband was sleeping with her best friend. What gives you the right to do that to your kids? 72% 72% of the men cheat. 72% of men cheat. Shit happens in a marriage and you deal with it. Yep, because that is a straight up solid statistic. Divorce is legalized That's child abuse. It's totally not made up. It's totally not made up. Yeah. Do also, you, we will be going around the room and talking about what kind of bitch we are. We will. Okay. <laughs> but you, do you trust him? She cheated on me. But then he made the number of points that we would hear repeatedly throughout the weekend. In marriage, you have to unconditionally trust your husband no matter what he does. And you don't take that away once he screws up. Now sit down. He yelled at one woman for withholding sex. He told a neglected housewife to stop complaining and make her husband's dinner at 8 p.m. because that's what he wanted. And why is that so hard? He berated a single mother who wanted to date. <clears throat> and he questioned whether she could be a good mother and drag strange men through her house. <sighs> he went on like this for hours. We should make ourselves available for sex, whether we're in the mood for not. We have to adju- adjust ourselves to the way he wants to fuck and trust that if we're warm and receptive, then our needs will be met. We are 100% responsible for the relationship's success. Men don't initiate actions. They only react. They have two modes, valiant or violent. Oh, my God. If we talk to men in a way that doesn't blame them, then we'll bring out the hero. And if we do, then we get what we deserve. (laughs) The replacement of the traditional marriage with a 50-50 model has led to a gender-confused world where men are wimps and women have become she-males. Okay, this is, is, I, I, I hope, against hope, that this tape... This, the sound of me saying, I am going to find this guy and kick the fucking shit out of him <laughs> becomes admitted as evidence at my trial. When you kick the shit out of this man. I will have succeeded. <laughs> well, I also, like, all of, you know, when the women were lining up outside, there was all just, like, basically a bunch of, like, Mrs. Danvers out there. Uh-huh. You know, they're, like, dykes and long, severe yes. women in black women. shirts. Rubber-soled shoes. Exactly. Nothing says lesbian like rubber-soled shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know why? Because they're comfortable. <laughs> That's right. No shit. Finally, about one in the morning on Sunday... Uh, we had been there for 17 hours with one break. Oh, God. We began the first in a series of exercises designed to pur- purge our pain so that we could become sweet and likable for our men. Uh-huh. We're supposed to find a partner and scream about everything we hated in our life. The room erupted quickly. <laughs> it was like, bitch, okay. <laughs> yeah, most of it has developed in the past 17 hours. Right. <clears throat> the room erupted quickly, yeah. How could you do this to me, you motherfucker? One woman railed. Another woman solved into a microphone about sexual abuse. Uh, the handlers helped her to a chair and watched her vomit. Several hours later, they finally let us go to the hotel, and we were told that volunteers from Sterling's men's group would escort us to our cars. No! So that we could feel like what it was like to be protected by no! men. No! Yes. I want to be in my most, most vulnerable state when a strange man to walk me to my car. Mm-hmm. That evening, the male volunteers made us a candlelit potluck dinner so we could understand how to receive love from men, we were Did told. Did they? Are they supposed to cook? I thought they weren't supposed I, to cook. I'm, yeah, it seems like a violation. I am sad for those women for a thousand reasons. Uh-huh. The latest of which is, <laughs> is that, that fucking shitty potluck dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Let's see. Here's more things they learned, and then I'll tell you about the men's weekends. Men can't handle their emotions. Don't make your man your girlfriend. Don't make your man about the relationship. It's your job to take care of it. Two egos can't resist exist in a romantic relationship, so don't compete. Don't debate with him. Real men are warriors who succeed by conquering and not cuddling. Happiness isn't the goal. Be ready to give up your unmarried lifestyle and subordinate your personal needs to the needs of the relationship. Single women should never cohabitate. Once you're married, don't control his behavior. Just see what kind of a man he is. And yeah, and never trust a man until you know you can trust him. And once you do, never stop. Uh, ah! he, he told us to wear the four P's to work. Pink, pumps, pearls, and perfume so we don't challenge our male co-workers. Bitch, says, I have worn all of those things to work. Uh-huh. And I do it fully challenging my male co-workers. Fully challenging. Like... <clears throat> how much boob is too much boob yeah. you know sometimes like I'm, just, I'm a knowing bitch <laughs> I'm coming at you in all four P's and I'm about to kick your ass that's right I'm, I will look so pretty when I cut your dick off anyway so okay the men's weekend experience came from an article in details magazine and one from the Sacramento Bee <sighs> and a few YouTube videos about men's groups because after you graduate the Sterling men's weekend do you get a certificate of competency you do uh, and you are expected to join a Sterling men's group and I don't think I <laughs> talked about it a lot oh shit but all like the, men's group 420 <laughs> kind of and because then a lot of the people both men and women who were in and no longer in the organization talked about how once you graduate and you join your men's group you're expected to spend all of your time with them and women were like they'd call him at three o'clock in the morning and he'd leave the house and go and he was always with them and always this is weird gay shit it's weird gay shit it's like not gay gay shit it's no elaborate rituals elaborate it's rituals. elaborate rituals it is elaborate rituals where it's like you can hug you know? right it doesn't make you gay if you love your friend and you hug him and cry that does not mean you need dick in the dick wash okay well like our friends you know like our friends that we go to the lake with mm-hmm. i mean it, they're couples friends mm-hmm. we've known them for ages it's a very heterosexual group yes. you know yes it is and and i think about it all the time and i think about like the dudes in the group mm-hmm. and if they hurt any of the dudes like nate you okay, know yeah. like any of the dudes heard this in in our very like very stri- heterosexual very he- heterosexual, married couples. they would be horrified uh-huh. they'd be horrified <laughs> and all the women in the group would be like are you fucking kidding me you know yeah. it's like they, yeah you're messed up yeah these are 100 percent women who wear those t-shirts it's like my husband's crazy and he loves me and he'll kill you and all that stuff it's like this is not love okay oh yeah this is just like enabling psychosis and re- refusal to look at like Think about and challenge any part of your life. Yeah. So, okay, men's go on. weekend. I'm gonna be petting this cat. Oh, men's weekend. I almost feel bad for these guys because I I'm do thinking feel about bad for these guys, the women that go to this, them. and they're like, "Your man has to be this, that, and the other." And like, like, let's look at Brian here, uh-huh. my beloved husband, who's like, he's a wonderful guy, and I'm glad that you're uh, like being a relationship model for my daughter. Yeah, I was like, like, she but, should find a husband like you. <laughs> Brian's a great. Uh, if I was like Brian, I need, I expect I need you, you to man up. <laughs> I need you to really fucking pull it because all I'm doing is cooking and decorating. You're in charge of everything else. You're in else. charge of everything else. I'm just like, that's unfair to mm-hmm. your... Is it? Says Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What was the address of this, Amanda? <laughs> Brian does have some decorating ideas. <laughs> I do, yeah. Well, we are going to paint this room. It's like it will remain thing. ideas for quite some time. <laughs> okay. Probably until Amanda makes us do something about them. <laughs> 
Brian says is stroking his special only his cat. Only his cat. Yeah. <laughs> she just. I I do have. A she only likes old men. Okay, so the men's weekend begins with an orientation process that involves bewildering forms and agreements, asking personal questions and waving all rights. Yeah. You stand in what a room, no talking, no sitting, no looking at each other for about 30 minutes. Then you're admitted into the main room for another questionnaire to be filled out only when instructed. Looking at each other is gay. A severe woman is leading this exercise, insisting that you only touch the pencil when told. Oh, only, oh. Only turn the page when told. Only begin when told. This is videotaped by women who neither smile nor interact with the men. So Mrs. Danvers goes to the men's and goes the to the men's and tells them not to touch the pencil until they're told. Mm-hmm. Real men don't sign waivers like that. I just like to back up to that real quick. <laughs> I ask where the $600 go, and they tell me with forced laughs that Sterling pockets all the money. It's true. I ask whether this is true. Why are you laughing? That all the weekends involve little sleep, little food, lots of aggression and competition, naked body painting, berating, and the occasional fist fight. This is all protected by confidentiality. (laughs) The fuck it is. The purpose of the men's weekend is to engage in the process of locating the source of your power and discovering and dissolving the barriers between you and manifesting that power so you can express the, experience the total free, freedom only a man can and you can be the man you've always wanted to be. The man in the dickwad. No. I was like, dance, laugh. <laughs> 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 the look on my face. Yeah, that's my face. <laughs> say anything it's like Aaron you, you went on a whole to. journey facial journey and I'm right hurting there. after the end of it mm-hmm. <laughs> well because it's just like weird gay shit mm-hmm. it's just like weird weird no guys don't act like this well it's because they need a, 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 a mm. J. Jonah Jameson here to excuse me <laughs> a, or Justin Sterling J. Jonah Jameson just wants a picture of Spider-Man and that is not too this. much to ask J. Jonah Jameson if Spider-Man were not around J. Jonah Jameson would dedicate every pa- front page to how stupid bullshit like that is <laughs> be nice to your wife god damn it what are you talking about let's see uh Another man says men need to repeat things exactly to get them right. Otherwise, we lose objectivity. What? Uh-huh. Wait, what? To These get things right, a man needs directions, says somebody else. But who's going to give him those directions? Uh, F. Sterling. Is F there? Hello, is F there? <laughs> Once F you decide to, F, to go please. on the weekend, it's an unalterable, deci- unalterable decision, says K. These the hell it is. Okay. Q shows me what to do if I choose to go. He cups his testicles in both hands. No! Wait, did you say, say that? What? Yes. When you decide, when your friends have said, Brian, you need to go on this men's weekend, and you're like, I don't know, and they keep <laughs> talking to you, when you have finally decided, what you do is cup your testicles with both hands and shout fiery man words. Fuck it! That's what you do. Uh, That's what you'll do many times during the weekend to express your agreement to what is about to happen. Dan's going to have a coronary. That actually happens at the lake a lot, you guys. I'm going to skip ahead to say that when you graduate from the weekend, you get a leather thong with nuts on it. <laughs> Not like truck nuts, but like nuts and bolts nuts to remind uh, you of your nuts. They don't get raccoon penis bone necklaces? <laughs> they should. I mean, really. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) So the men around the dormant campfire explain how teams and all the men in them, as well as the results of the weekends, can be good or bad. Oh, well, I mean, technically anything can be good or bad. (laughs) 
mankind. It was good. Sinking of the Titanic worked out for some, some people. Of them. Well, you know, the first first several days of that voyage were real nice for a lot of people. <laughs> He says, Cold, men are kind, but- men are assholes and jerks, men are gentle and loving, and they steal and they kill. What? But if a relationship is broken because a man has found his power after attending a men's weekend, it means that there was already something wrong with it. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. After about two hours, we were led upstairs, single file, left hand to left shoulder. Okay. The door opened and I saw 188 naked men in war paint dancing crazily in a man-made fog. How do you know it was that many? Were they wearing, did they have numbers, numbers painted on their chest? <laughs> they, st- they were in line. They all had numbers on their chest. Were they the spinning guy, around the in circles and you had to walk the gauntlet? Uh, hang on. Oh! A leader was banging a ram-headed scepter r- rhythmically against the floor. Someone wordlessly indicated that we were to strip and enter the gauntlet line, which was described as a rebirth canal where everyone smacked me as I passed beneath. <laughs> One man jumped into the tunnel and growled at me. <laughs> Dick Lord. That's officially Listen, the only good thing that happened during this Andrew entire weekend. Me, A man jumped in the tunnel and growled at me. <laughs> I have heard about those like super weird gay popper cruises. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's like there happen. was just plastic set up with like bowls of condoms and like good. <laughs> I saw Crisco, yeah, this Crisco. Crisco. Uh, one time I heard, There's I can't no remember Crisco her name, but one. no. Uh, she was a lesbian comedian and she was talking about how she had performed on both gay cruises and lesbian cruises. Uh-huh. And she did a whole set about the difference between gay and lesbian oh, cruises. Awesome. And it was fucking hysterical. <laughs> she talked about one, she's like, I went into like the nightclub of the on the ship on the lesbian cruise at like 1 a.m. and it was empty. Yeah. <laughs> to the gay cruise in the nightclub at like 4 a.m. and everybody's nude and covered in glitter. <laughs> I went to a, par- a Halloween party in one guy's cabin on the cruise and I looked at the window and it was beautiful. He had this like cut out sticker, this like elaborate silhouette of like mm. a spooky tree and it perfectly fit in the window. And I said, that's a cool decal. And he said, I made it myself. And I said, how did it fit in the window? I called the cruise company and I asked them the dimensions of the windows in my cabin. <laughs> Oh my but, yeah, God. so yeah. <laughs> I'm not done. Oh my God. So they have gone on the dick gauntlet. They're on the, the like, legit for real, the dick gauntlet. Oh my God. Yes. Who knew Holy starting shit. this that we would go on an actual dick gauntlet? You dick guys. Gauntlet. What a journey. That was a video game in the 80s, wasn't it? Dick like, you, you rode an ostrich, right? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was dick jousting. No, excuse me. <laughs> just joust, sorry. Dick joust. Joust. Not dick jostling. It was from a dick different... Dick jostling! <laughs> dick jostling was on Scientology. She <laughs> was so hot. <laughs> dick so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's also on the PGA tour. Hey, buddy. I'm putting hey, Dick Jocelyn on the hey, PGA. Hey, buddy. The senior PGA tour. Uh, a thin, tweedy-looking man in his mid-twenties rose to speak. Hi. Compared to Sterling's macho mainstays with their ripped T-shirts and crusty jeans, this frail crusty specimen was clearly crusty. in the wrong movie, but determined all the same. I haven't heard one single thing here tonight that would make me want to spend six hundred dollars for the weekend. He announced. Uh, in, in his nasal, reedy voice. A gay shit. The wall of hisses and cursed him greeted him immediately. Your agenda doesn't recognize the equal role of women, he continued loud and proud. It demeans the, you know what you are, yelled Sterling. You're a pussy. That's what you are, a big pussy. If anybody here, you need the weekend most, but I don't want you. Get out of here, pussy. Go be a pussy somewhere else. 
Was he just like somewhere on the boat? I, this, <laughs> this wasn't a boat. And the security guard. I just assumed there was a cruise. Never no, no, sorry. <laughs> this is a hotel in Santa Monica. And they threw him into it's the like, city where he died. To, how did you get to the gay cruise, dude? What are you doing there? <laughs> security guards in white shirts and black pants materialized, yes, seizing the lone important. downer. The lone doubter. Guess what? Sterling yeah. shouted after him. Too bad you don't get to take it because your dick would have grown two inches after this weekend. <laughs> and he's like, bitch, I only have one leg, okay? <laughs> 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 the reason I don't need this shit is I'm got a yard of hard pipe, pipe and, and I I'm not afraid to use, to use it. it. The rented auditorium teemed with rowdy guys who looked like refugees from the WWE. No. A they looked worse. 400 of Sterling's grads bought their potential recruits to get a glimpse of the man and Sterling gave him much more than that. Boof. Yeah. He ch- exhorted them, reconnect with your own balls. Only when you're a man among men can you be a man to your woman. Yes. <laughs> Garbage cans in the corner of the room were the urinals. Sterling was brutally in your face. You had to strip down naked, scream, hug, chant, cry, moan, shout your rage. In the Hampton Inn Ballroom. In the Hampton Inn Ballroom in Santa Monica, suburban Santa Monica. (laughs) I mean, like, that's a health violation. Uh And also, you know, it's generally like right next to the trash can, like the little tray where you put your empty water glass. I just wanted my like coffee creamer trash. And stuff. I'm I'm like poor Letitia who works at the front desk uh, and has to like bring more water in. Jesus Christ! You're so busy trying to be liked by your woman that you've lost the love and respect of other men. And guess what? That's not what she wants. She wants the man that fall, she fell in love with, not the whoosh she's turned you into. <laughs> the official Sterling Team T-shirt has a caveman with a club that says "Hang on to your balls." <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so it's he means my balls. Mm-hmm. This weekend is designed. He to- is stored in, in the, the balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're that, a doctor. I don't know much about male anatomy. I used- you should get that braille thing. Yeah, <laughs> we have to get the braille thing out. <laughs> right. I used to I used to think that whenever sex had sex happened, mm-hmm. in order for it to work, like the balls like also had to go inside the girl. <laughs> remember my um where did i come from book which yeah, says yeah. that like the, it says vagina rhymes with regina well and it says that the man puts his penis and then moves it up and down and i thought it meant like that <laughs> not in, it should have said in and out and not up, up and down, and down it was an english book which is why when it said vagina rhymes with regina i was like vagina doesn't rhyme, rhyme with, with regina, regina. <laughs> my, my <laughs> not, vagina. At, not at all that was in my library i put it back in my office <laughs> that was the one that was I my just met a girl from, named Vagina. I'm almost done. <clears throat> I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're gonna have a discussion period. Oh this. yes. The weekend is designed <laughs> to wear you down through sleep deprivation and lack of regular meal breaks. Besides being hungry and tired, you will lose your sense of personal control. Uh, you're given garbage cans to pee in in the corners of the room. Bodyguards are posted at all the doors, and they have walkie-talkie headsets on. And uh, production team members are stationed around the room videotaping. Oh, God. Uh, men are instructed to walk around the room for 15 minutes yelling, When it comes to relationships, I'm a fucking jerk. Neither questions nor time for personal reflections are allowed. You're chast- right. You are chastised or given punishment like push-ups for being late from the break. Uh, you have to bring a dish to serve eight to ten people. You have to bring like a hot dish. That's hilarious. I know. And I want to know that, more. 
about that. About that. Yes. And it says after- Frantic calls to mom. Right. Mom, how do I make tater tot casserole? Yeah, I was going to say, so much tater tot casserole. <laughs> after the meal, the dishes are critiqued and the participants are praised or criticized. Why are you even critiquing Why are you them on their cooking? Doing this? Because women's job is cooking. Do you, everybody, brings- it's, it's, it's emasculation. It's just it humiliation. It's emasculation. They ask him to bring a dish and then I'm sure they all tell them this is terrible because you don't need to be cooking. Did you ask your mom for this? Yeah, she made it good. You didn't make it very good. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm guessing that's it. Well, I don't know. What if you have, you're have you like in the woods and you have to prepare tater hot, tot hot dish for like the rest of your- Just put a squirrel on a stick and eat it raw. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, women are like, I will put a squirrel on the stick. It's like three ladies came back and were like, we fought this fucking squirrel. <laughs> that's right. I was I, I dried some seawater and made salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I have pounded acorns into a sauce. I found persimmons. <laughs> yeah. After the initial definitions and purpose for the weekend is given by an assistant, your group will be left for about three hours to do nothing, but wait, waited except to get frustrated by waiting for Justin. Oh, wait, I'm sorry to go back to the food thing. Mm-hmm. I bet it has nothing to do with the dish. It has to do with like, you faggot, you you cooked. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They come in and you tell you did a bad job so that you can then know that you shouldn't be doing this. Also, you're gay for cooking. You're gay for cooking, even though we told you you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin arrives for lengthy Q&A period about relationships, but if a question is asked about his qualifications or if it appears that he doesn't have an answer, he will belittle the person asking the questions and make them do push-ups. You <laughs> that would be hilarious if somebody would, went in there and they were just like a fucking monster, yes. like as a plant, and they're like, I've been in the Marines, bitch. Right, Let's okay. go. <laughs> okay, next. I can do the clap ones. <laughs> what? I I just want to you know I just want to see someone try and you know I want to see what it would take for someone to make me do a push up. That's also true. That's also true. And it's like yeah sure okay you knock me down then what? That's like, right. I'm well I'm laying make on my me stomach. Make me use my muscles to lift myself up. I'll wait when you while you figure out how to do that. I'll just call you names. Feel the oneness we all share. Make eye contact. Share each other's intimate self. If the feeling gets too intense, close your eyes. Continue when you're ready. Um, People are Generally, ask- when the feeling gets too intense, you close your eyes. So sometimes yeah. when we touch, <laughs> the feeling's just too much. The honesty is honesty too, is too much. much. <clears throat> that is the song that is honestly played at the lake sometimes whenever the guys are like... I, I bought that song off iTunes specifically to play at the <laughs> like lake. Like 15 years ago. At the lake, it was what I bought. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, people will be hugging, crying, group dancing. Uh, Justin arrives later to announce that this is the sex part of the weekend. No. People are expected to share personal sexual experiences in graphic detail, followed by dinner at 10 p.m., and there's been no food since the 7 a.m. breakfast. Then you pick a team leader and a team name, and there's more lectures until about four o'clock in the morning. Oh my fucking god! Well, it's an LGAT. They keep you in that room and they make you stay up. What's LGAT? Large group awareness training. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like est, you stay in the you stay in the holiday well, ballroom. Well, it's like I want to join a cult for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have to. But this one, you had then have to join the men's group. But then you have to join the men's group, right? The men's weekend has a particularly abusive psychological mind game that consists of all the men standing in a circle. And Justin says that they should imagine they're all warriors going to war. He has given everyone the tools over the weekend. No, he hasn't. Does anybody have a question before going into battle? And anyone who has a question is asked to stand in the center of the circle. Anybody else who hasn't understood the material, get in the center. The minority in the center of these mindless warriors are told to think about why they were separated from the others. 
And then they are hit with glow sticks, put glow sticks around their neck. <laughs> they are blindfolded, told not to talk, told not they do not belong. Think about while you're here. They hear drumming in the distance and they are led single file and blindfolded toward the drumming. Let's get soaking wet. <laughs> yes. With this select group is being detained in a dark room, the remainder form their teens to discuss what they think about the men who were taking mm. down and what they it's should. Like the Eagles and the Rattlers, yes, and what they need to do to regain their honor and join the group. Then the leaders confer and devise a plan of action, and then the lights are dimmed and music and fog machines <laughs> pour What the Too many dicks on the dance floor. You gotta lick it before you kick it. They're gonna do it. Let's get soaking wet. I'm gonna get you. Oh, yeah. And like, seriously, meanwhile, the women standing outside of this hotel ballroom are just like waiting to clean up so that they can go home. That's right. Mm-mm-mm. Well, it's like, God, I can't remember which movie I watched, which cult movie I watched. It was the one that was the fake Est weekend, and it had the like recurring scenes with the people that worked on the island. No, that was the, the that Riddles, was, wasn't it? No, 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 no that no, one was that was the Holiday Magic weekend. Yes, it was the Holiday Magic weekend. The Holiday the Magic movie. Yes, yes. The Burt Reynolds one was was also had Est in it, but there was one that was all took place on the weekend, and mm-hmm. the, that was that was a Holiday that Magic. Was the Holiday Magic one. Yes, Fruity Beauty. Fruity Beauty. <clears throat> Okay, um, I'm really almost done. That's fine. <laughs> we're only at an hour and 45. I, I mean, know, we're, really we're doing great. Through it. Then the groups who are isolated are led back into the auditorium. Their blindfolds are removed. They are now standing in the center of a large circle of nude men covered in war paint, beating on drums and yelling. What happens next depends on the decision of the group. <laughs> They're like, the and Cimarron room is occupied. You're what like, they <laughs> have to do to rejoin the warriors. I'm like... I'm afraid of that. And like me meanwhile, you're trying to get back to your like your work conference. There's like like a sign at the front. It's like creating libraries for your community. Osage room. Yeah. Wash. Cimarron room. So here's just a few little tidbits of the philosophy. For men. Women want a strong man, so don't share your fears or anxieties with women. They will use it against you. Right. Men are because warriors. evil. They yeah. can't be caring, sharing guys. And women want control, so if you're asked to do something, don't do it. Say no. And for women, women are 100% responsible for the success of their relationship. Spend 45 minutes a day stroking your man's ego. Don't criticize him. Never compete with him. Man's first priority is competition, so they have learned to cheat, lie, steal, and do ever, whatever else it takes to come you out ahead. You just have to let them. They're babies. Exactly. You have to let them be babies. As soon as they're losing it, they can be vicious, vulgar, vindictive. They can be a killer or a hero, it. and it's up to the woman to make sure that he's always a hero. What if What if um, <clears throat> he kills her? <laughs> what if he is a killer and he kills this woman? Yeah. Which happens often. All the time. Well, then what was she doing? Was she not well properly propping him up and stroking his ego? Well, she was probably dressed like a slut, or not dressed sluttily enough. Correct. Mm-hmm. There's there's the crime of wanting to fuck you, and the crime of not, not wanting, wanting to, to fuck, fuck you. you. Yes, which is also yeah. as many 
Butch women will attest. Yeah. So as I, uh, as the as the philosopher ODB said said it, I ain't got no problem with you fucking me, but I got a little problem with you not fucking me. Old dirty bastard. <laughs> he couldn't possibly commit all of them crimes. <laughs> Coolio did some Coolio of that shit. Coolio did some of that shit. <laughs> So my last little bit, I watched a home video of a men's weekend oh my spent God, in a Red terrifying. Roof Inn somewhere in the suburbs of Winnipeg. I'm assuming it's the Red Roof Inn that you pass right before you get to the former Tanger Outlet Mall. <laughs> yes. There was a whiteboard that said men's weekend. It had a like magic marker dick with a smiley face. Uh, the dudes uh, were eating Tostitos, playing beer pong, filming each other on the potty, saying cock a lot and shouting things like, men's weekend, still winning. Okay, they're like what you described there is like is is so much less toxic than everything you've described. But that's previously. also true. Yeah, these guys. I'm just. I like, was like, well, if you guys are going back to like Earl Butt's dorm to do this, like go right <laughs> ahead. Uh-huh. Seriously, that's, Brian's like that would never take place in Earl Butt's dorm. They're, Is it they're, cult? Yes. Some people say no because they don't actually worship Sterling, but it's a cult cut from the same cloth. Yes, Sterling does not deny running a cult, and when you ask him that question on his website, here's what he says. I'm not an expert on cults, so I'm not really qualified to say. When I started doing these seminars, it was not with the intention of starting a cult. But if what we do happens to fit into what some people consider a cult, I can't debate that. Wow. The next men's weekend is in March, and it will cost $700, not including travel and accommodations. Women's weekends are on hold due to COVID, but dudes just get to punch COVID in the dick, I guess. And that is the Sterling Institute of Relationship. Oh, my God. Well, you guys, I hope you like living <laughs> in a one of 10 Victorian houses <laughs> and surviving on $20 worth of groceries a day. Thanks to some extreme couponing. Thanks to some extreme couponing. <laughs> but, but, but what about the dick wash? What about it? I'm sure somewhere on Staten Island we can find I a, do dick a dick wash. wash. There's right, Manhattan is not that far away. No, but no, no but I, I want to go to a Staten Island dick wash. Oh, can you imagine a Staten, Staten Island, Island day wash? Oh my god. Okay, so here's like a little like a soup song of thinking. Um, a guy named Greg Rickert plays Kevin Fisher on The Young and the Restless. Yeah. And he's originally from Staten Island, and like many many years ago, uh, he and his boyfriend like came out like right after gay marriage. The actor or the character? <laughs> the actor. Okay. The character of Kevin Fisher is still totally straight. Gotcha. Okay, but, but the actor came out. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, the actor came out, and he's from Staten Island, and so I was like, oh, I bet Greg Rickart knows. <laughs> he knows. Like well, where there's the a gay bar, stagiest gay bar in Staten, Staten Island. Island. But it's also funny because. In addition to playing Kevin Fisher on The Young and the Restless, he has like sort of like a part-time gig on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> As a different character. As a totally trashy gay named Leo who's like comes to town to like bust up relationships <laughs> and like be all dirty. That would be fun. It's super I bet fun. being on a soap opera would be hilarious. Being fun. on a soap opera would be so fun. Uh-huh. It would be so fun. Because like, you're just like, what all's going to happen? I well, know. Well, we, we read this week that Luke of Luke and Laura was finally killed off on his soap. Yeah. On General Hospital. On General Off screen in a, like, He hasn't been on the show. Accident. He was not a funicular accident. But, um, <laughs> no. A ski car. Like it, a, was a, it was a cable car, cable car accident. Excuse me, not a funicular <laughs> Tony Geary. That's it. Um, there would be times where Tony Geary was on Days of Our Lives where we would only, like, see him on, like, on the computer screen. I was like, bitch, come to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite part is he was on... trapped in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> he became the I'm max headroom of the Young and the Restless. The internet. internet. No, 
One of my favorites is on uh, General Hospital to uh, Jax and Jason. Oh. Uh, well, Jason is, excuse me, caught in a mind collapse <laughs> slash fired for not getting a COVID shot. <laughs> I love soap operas because they have to keep going. They have to keep going. No matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And like one time on... Um, uh, I, it was also in General Hospital. One character like had like fucked up his knee in a skiing accident, mm-hmm. so they had to make a story about like, oh, Spinelli tripped, and that's why he has a boot. <laughs> well, didn't you say you read an interview with it's, like women talking about women, what did they do to you while you were pregnant? Why did you were pregnant? And you're like, I was in a, uh, I was like, I was in a coma. Yeah, I just stayed in the bed. I just stayed in the bed. I was know. carrying groceries. I was carrying groceries the whole time. Oh, uh, so so yeah, great. I love soap operas because they have to keep going, but I also love the fact that Jason is killed forever for not getting a corona shot <laughs> and well, it's, it's, like it's a mind collapse it's like if he gets the rona shot then maybe they we can dig him out See, of the that mine. Is, exactly. that's he's yeah i love stuff like that like there was one story in soap opera lore where they just like changed writers and one person had gone upstairs and yes, just like never came skis. down went upstairs to get skis and never and came were, back but i found out later on many years, years later, later they went up to the attic and there was a skeleton <laughs> With like some skis. That is fantastic. It's awesome. God bless soaps. They God bless soaps. They are amazing. They are amazing. I am. Welcome to the dick wash. Welcome, welcome to the dick wash. Let's get fucking wet. Thanks for joining us again, y'all. Thank you for joining us, you guys. Uh, I'm especially screamy after that last one. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. I'm especially screamy because it's just like, just it's yeah. just disgusting. It is disgusting and horrible. It's, and and it's to just, this very day, to this it, very day, and it's also extremely disgusting because like, yeah, guys are signing up for this. Mm-hmm. But it's this guy, this one guy. Yeah, it's him. J. Yeah. J. Justin. J. August Sterling. J. Justin. Already, uh, yeah. A. Justin Sterling. A. Justin. I keep wanting to call him J. August, but it's A. Justin. A. Justin hey, August Bush. That's right. Excuse me, Artie Kasagian from Brookline, Massachusetts. Right. Right. What's your problem, dude? Seriously, yeah. It's just like that. That is emblematic of what happens with like all the dude-led cults, which is the, like, here are all my fucking pathetic insecurities, and rather than just deal with them like a man would, I am now going to ruin everybody else's life. I'm going to ruin your life as a man? Right. And these women are also rags. Ruin the life of the people you love. Right. I can't imagine somebody, like... Coming and telling you too that like really what you need to do is be more manly and womanly. Can and you like, fucking imagine if I came home and I was dude. like, Brian, I'm in charge of cooking and decorating. Go. <laughs> You're in charge of everything. And Brian's like, what? Like, you uh, want me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do exactly? Yeah, go back to your mom's house, pussy. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, okay. Hey, and mom. It's, and it's also, it is also like a disgusting, you know, sort of shortchanging Men. Yes, it is. It's very much shortchanged. No, men. seriously. It's like with the the phrase the patriarchy hurts everybody. Yes, yes. yes. Toxic masculinity hurts men too. Uh-huh. It does. One ten thousand fucking, percent. Yeah. yeah. It just makes me so fucking mad. And like I've never been in a fight in my life and uh and I would find a way to kick this guy's ass. <laughs> if necessary I would train, but you know what? I bet it wouldn't be necessary. It wouldn't be necessary. You can take him. You're tall. 
I bet you have what he doesn't have as a man, which is tallness. That's right. That's yeah, true. No shit. He was it's short, like, pudgy, uh, and bald. Uh-huh. I'm going to fucking sit on you. There you go. Brian's like, you want to see my beard? <laughs> hey, I just grew this. <laughs> hey, I, I just grew this just a few minutes ago. Just walk in clean shaven. Just like fwomp. <laughs> <laughs> you know who can really do that? Who? Naveen Andrews. <laughs> he can. Because he's so foxy. It happens every morning. <laughs> Man. You only see him with a beard, but you know, he just wakes up, shaves before he goes to bed every night, then wakes up, look at himself in the mirror. It's just like so fresh and luxurious. No, it is luxurious. He shaves his head too. It's <laughs> every day. It's like that uh, fucking Play Doh extruder. Extruder. What was it called? It was like the ha- It was the Fuzzy Pumper Barber Shop. That's exactly Whoa. right. Damn. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. All right, we love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Stay warm. Ready? Okay. Madness Madness is hosted by Aaron Byrne and Amanda Clay with occasional outbursts from Brian Byrne, who is me. Brian Byrne records and edits the show. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please, if you enjoy the show, uh, rate us and leave a review. Leaving reviews helps people find the show. And the more people listen to the show, the more people you'll have to talk about the show with. I mean, just mull that over. You can also listen to us online at madnessmadnesspodcast.com. You can find links to our social media on madnessmadnesspodcast.com. You can email us your thoughts about stuff at madnessmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>